So yeah, I've been practicing for, well, this style of meditation, kirtan, I've been practicing for almost 18 years. And before that, I was practicing uh, other kinds of meditation, probably similar to what you do is the silent meditation where I focus on the mind. I did a meditation, it's called the silent witness, where I would um, sit and watch the thoughts as they came through the mind. So I did that for maybe a year and a half to two years before I started the bhakti yoga process. Okay. Right? Yeah. So kirtan meditation is part of a system of yoga called bhakti yoga. I'm not sure if you know that. But um, so before that, I didn't even know what I was doing. I just learned a meditation and uh, I didn't know what it was for or anything. Okay. But I thought that, you know, what I did was I just sat there and watched the thoughts come by my mind. And it was very boring. <laughs> There's not the thoughts are like you know it's like watching a really boring TV show or something yeah. like you just okay you're not I'm not the thoughts the thoughts are going by but uh, you know it's just it doesn't bring you any joy to just sit there and watch the mind it's just a very dark place you know yeah it's a dark place yeah so that's why when I when I took to mantra meditation and bhakti yoga I was feeling oh this is this is more alive, this is lively, this is good. Um, the mantra is a um, transcendental sound and it's Krishna's names or God's names. So the, the name of Krishna and Krishna or the name, the different mantras of different names of God. We, I don't like to say God, I like to say Krishna because mm -hmm. it just sounds much nicer. Yeah. God's, when I think God, I just think like scary judgment, it's just a kind of a scary word, but Krishna is very beautiful, very nice. So I like to say Krishna. But Krishna in the Vedic scriptures is described as the supreme personality of Godhead, mm -hmm. the cause of all causes, the original cause. And all the incarnations of God spring from Krishna. And the whole material world, everything springs from Krishna. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everything has a cause. You have, um, our, you know, my body was caused by my parents, you know, and then their their parents' bodies were caused by their parents, right? So you trace it back all the way to the original one, the original thing. The original mother and father is Krishna. Yeah. So this is there, and this is described in the Vedas or the scriptures of the yogis. And yeah. So um, the names of Krishna and Krishna are non-different. So when you're focusing on the mantra, actually you're focusing on Krishna. Mm -hmm. So this is much better than focusing on the mind. Yeah. So much more wonderful. So, and um, as you do it more, it becomes more apparent to you. You become more aware that Krishna is there within the sound. Mm -hmm. You experience Krishna is there. The whole, not just Krishna, the whole spiritual world. When you chant, you experience, um, you experience actually, you, you're, you become transported to the spiritual world. It's very easy and cheap travel to the spiritual world. Mm -hmm by chanting Krishna's names. But in the beginning, you don't really appreciate it so much. It's there, but you don't appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But as you chant more, the heart becomes more cleansed and you're able to perceive it. So, like, uh, you have, um, you know, sometimes people just, in, they're not aware of, like, things. Like, you know, they, they have, they eat certain foods and um, the foods have an effect on their mind. Mm. 
but they don't have a con they don't they're not their their consciousness is so low that they don't even see the differences they can't even they're not even aware of it you know so um, we become when we when we quieten the mind and, and quieten the senses down through yoga practice then we're able to perceive uh, more subtle things mm -hmm. you see so um, as as you progress in spiritual practice you're able to perceive um, different um, dimensions different um, realities mm -hmm. not just what you see with your mind and what you see what you see with your eyes you know mm -hmm. That's just one level of seeing. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not. It's just very gross. It's mm -hmm. not. There's. There's other things that are going on that we're not necessarily aware of. But as we practice the meditation more, mm -hmm. then we become more aware of these yeah. things. You see? Yeah. yeah. I know. I have noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. So, any other so why did you start from the beginning? Okay, um, yeah, sure. Uh, I was always interested in meditation. Like, ever since I was maybe, I don't know, 14, 15. Every time I heard, any time I heard of it, maybe 15 years old. I didn't really, you know, growing up, I was, I didn't know anything about meditation. Didn't really, I wasn't, I didn't grow up in that kind of culture, you know. I grew up in uh, Toronto, Canada, where the culture is ice hockey and skiing and stuff, you know. Yeah. And, um. But uh, I, I don't remember when it was. I must have been 15, 16. I started, I, I heard about, maybe it's from watching some movies or something. Mm -hmm. Eastern philosophy, just immediately anytime I heard anything kind of Eastern sounding like Star Wars or something, like the Force or whatever, I was just like interested in it. You know, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And, um, and then, I don't know, I think from there I just kind of heard about mm -hmm. meditation and and then, um, you know, I read a lot of books on meditation, and I was, to me, I was, I was very interested in it. And just, not just meditation, but um, yogic principles, like um, renunciation and eating vegetarian, all those things were just, when I was a kid, were, anytime I, the first time I heard about being vegetarian, I was like, wow, people can do that? That's just, that sounds so cool, you know? I want to be a vegetarian. And then, like, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I had, like, um, I had some, uh, I had some money, and I was on a bridge, and I was like, you know what, I don't need this, and I just, you know, threw it off the bridge, and, and, um, I just, I was feeling, I already had this kind of, like, you know, from, I just had this, you know, inclination to, towards yoga principles, and, our, our, you know, I know now that we shouldn't, Money is not a necessarily a, a bad thing, but becoming attached to it is a bad yeah. thing. So, um, but you can instead of uh, using it like a a material. So there's three there's three kinds of people. There's one person who uses money. Uh, actually, let me give you a let me tell you in a story form. Okay, mm -hmm. so there's three people. There's the materialist. There's the um, uh, impersonalist yogi. Uh, that's a long story. What is it? You know what a personalist yogi is? No. It's it's um, it's a person who's interested in. He's not interested in so much in having a personal relationship with Krishna. Okay. He's interested in um, uh, merging with 
the ocean of light which is coming from Krishna. It's called the Brahma Jyoti. The experience is also called Nirvana or um, Nirvakalpa Samadhi. It's, just, it's a type of experience that a, a certain types of yoga practitioners they can experience uh, this um, impersonal aspect of God. And um, and then so there's the there's the materialist, there's the impersonalist yogi, and then there's the devotee of Krishna. Okay, so they they walking along the street, and then uh, so the materialist sees the do, the ten or hundred dollars on the on the street, right? And he immediately takes it, and he thinks about what can I do with it, right? What can I enjoy? In other words, what can I buy? Like what chocolate can I buy? Or what you know, movies can I go to or whatever, right? And he's thinking about something for himself with that money, right? So the second type of person is um, this this uh, impersonalist yogi who sees the money and he doesn't want to get involved. He just he doesn't want to deal with it, and he just walks right past it because as these type in this type of yoga, uh, you cannot have if you want to achieve the goal, you cannot have any attachments to this world, you see? Mm. So, um, he immediately sees it and he sees it as evil and temptation because it's going to take him away from his path. You see what I mean? Because yeah. he's going to get this money and now he's going to think about sense enjoyment, yeah, right? Mm. So, um, and there's, uh, so then there's a third type of person who comes by and sees the money and that's the devotee of Krishna. So, he sees the money, oh, this is not my property, this is Krishna's property. So I'm going to use it in the service of Krishna. So he doesn't just throw it away, he doesn't ignore it, and he doesn't use it for himself, he uses it in the service of Krishna. And because of this, he achieves um, the, uh, he, he, he is not attached, he is not attached to it, just like a bank teller, he sees, he gets money coming in, and uh, he doesn't get it. Oh, he doesn't think. Oh, I have ten thousand dollars now. It's not his. He knows he's just the bank teller, right? He's taking the money and putting it in the account. So the devotee of Krishna sees money and he thinks this is Krishna's property. So I'm going to use it in the service of Krishna. You see. So um, the the last two, the 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 devotee of Krishna and the impersonalist yogi, both um, have a spirit of renunciation. You see? Okay. You know the renunciation? You know that word? Renunciation means, um, it means like a, to not be attached. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So they want, the, the, the principle of cultivating a spirit of renunciation mm. is a yogic, a yogic principle. Mm. You see? So um, when I heard about these kinds of things, I was immediately attracted, mm. you know. It seemed difficult and everything, but I was attracted. Mm. I was like, I want to be like that. Not yeah. that I necessarily was like that, but I was like, I want to be like that. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So that's you know when I when I started like. So when I was a kid, I had this kind of like feeling like these. I was just really attracted to this kind of stuff and. And then um, I, I tried a, a few different kinds of meditation, and then I eventually came to uh, mantra meditation class. 
And it wasn't so much the mantra meditation that I liked so much right away. It was the philosophy behind it that I could understand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because, like, I was always very interested in the philosophy of it, but anyone I heard from was, I just, I, they, I, I know now that I didn't understand because they didn't know what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I thought they knew. I just thought I was the stupid one, you know? Yeah. And I'm not, I am stupid and everything, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, um, this, this philosophy is actually the very vast and deep philosophy of yoga. It's actually very easy to understand. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you're learning from somebody who does not know what they're talking about, mm -hmm. then it's, you're not going to ever be able to understand it because they don't understand it. Mm -hmm. You see? So, um, uh, so that was, you know, that was my main, um, draw to it was was I was learning from somebody who I could understand and I was learning I felt like I was learning um, and my uh, attraction for chanting Krishna's names grew gradually but it wasn't very strong in the beginning I was more interested in the philosophy mm -hmm. yeah. okay interesting <laughs> uh, I'm the person number one and, and uh, of course I don't want to be person number one but um, I have. I don't know um, how I how I should do, but like, um, hmm, uh, continue my uh, journey to a uh, enlightenment life because mm -hmm. that's my goal in life to be enlightened to. Not um, uh, need anything at all. Just myself, just sitting like ten hours, don't do anything at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so no. I, I I know what you mean. You 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 you're you're um yeah. you want to be self satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so um. And I want to get uh, rid of my ego. Yeah. Well, you should come to, we have um, on March 31st to March 31st, April 1st and April 2nd, mm -hmm. we have a going camp, going to a camp. Okay. And it's, okay. it's an, not an actual camp, but it's in a house yeah. in Springbrook. So we rented a house okay. and it's for people who want to come and learn Mm -hmm. um, the process mm -hmm. of bhakti yoga and more in depth. Mm -hmm. So we'll be able to answer a lot of questions and be three days. Probably actually it's more like two days because mm -hmm. it's it's Friday, Friday around one o'clock we get there mm -hmm. and then um, we leave around the same time Sunday. So even though it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it's really forty-eight hours. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, it's like. Uh, for you, it'd be like 150 bucks. Mm -hmm. I give like student discount. Maybe you're not a student, but I'll give you a discount anyway. Yeah. I'm the boss, so I can do whatever I want. <laughs> oh, <nice>. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, and uh, you, you can learn in depth more about it, you know. Yeah. So it will get you a really good start, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and it will teach you daily things to do every day and more, mm -hmm. you know, so just um, I, hopefully you have a clear understanding of things to do and things to apply to achieve what you want to achieve. Mm, yeah. You see? Mm. So, 
So I'm gonna. Uh, I think I have some flyers over there. I'll give you one. So um, you should just sign up soon because there's limited spaces. Um, there's only I think 16 or something available in total. So and I'm not sure how many people signed up already. I don't take care of the bookings, but but yeah, I hope that you can come. So, um, but uh, yeah. So um, but there's a there's a kind of a misconception though. You know, one of the things you said is that. Um, you want to get rid of the ego, but ego means I, means me, I, right? Mm -hmm. I, but I will always exist and you will always exist eternally. But what you want to get rid of is what's called the false ego, ahamkara, the false ego, mm -hmm. which means w identifying yourself as something that you're not. Ex yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, my thoughts so, and, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, this comes gradually with the process of meditation very easily. Yeah, you start to identify yourself as who you actually are rather than this temporary body. Yeah. Um, this, the body or suit of clothes that we have on, it, sorry, the body is like a suit of clothes that you have on. Um, it's not who you actually are. Mm -hmm. Actually, you can see very scientifically that you're not the body like. Um, you know, like the, your body's made up of cells, mm -hmm. you know, millions of cells. And even like your skin cells, you lose, I think it was like 50 to 70,000, no, 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 sorry, 30 to 40,000 skin cells every minute yeah. die off. Yeah. And you know what? They get replaced by new cells. Yeah. So the whole body is always going through this metabolism process. And the body that you had on like five, like, like five years ago is not an, the body you have on now is not an older body it's a completely different body it's made up of all kinds of all different cells there's not one cell that's in your body now that was there five years ago but you existed five years ago right you were there you can remember things you did five years ago things you did ten years ago i don't know those things but you do right because you were there so that is the 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 i the the, the ego is the person the ego is not bad. Ego means me, right? Um, so you were there in the body. H how old is your body and how old are you? 24. 24. So when you're 14 years old, um, you can remember things you were doing when you were 14 years old, right? You can think back now if you try to remember something like, um, you know, I don't know, you're going to school or something. You can remember a memory from when you're going to school, right? Mm -hmm. So you can remember you were there, but if you were to, if you were to, um, so just m remember that body, remember what you look like then. That body is not, is, is, is totally gone now. It's in so many different places. You, you know, you, you excreted it by hair, sweat, stool, urine, dead skin cells falling off, nails growing out. They're, all the, the cells that are making up the body are totally gone, right? But you were there, you were the person that existed, and now you're existing now, right here today, right? Yeah. So, um, the false ego is me identifying myself with a body that I am not, right? But the real ego is the person that is experiencing, that is there, okay? Yeah. So, we falsely identify ourselves with that which we are not, the physical body and the mind. Mm -hmm. But 
there is someone there within the body and the mind. Right? It's, not a, it's not that there's nobody there. There's somebody there. And that person actually exists. And that person is eternal. It never, never was there a time when you did not exist. But um, this body started at a certain time and ended at a certain time. So you cannot, you cannot get rid of the ego. The ego is always going to be there. The I, me, your existence is always there. But um, what you can get rid of and what you should get rid of is the false ego. Mm. Identifying with what you are not, right? So there are some practices of yoga mm. that, um, like in Kundalini Yoga, the aim is to experience this um, uh, Brahman realization or... Um, it, or it's called Nirvikapa Samadhi where, where a person he, he raises he gathers the life force in the body mm -hmm. or the chi and he places it at the bottom of the spine mm -hmm. and then he uses uh, uh, his well anyway he, he, through, through the yoga practices he, he, he um, raises the life force up through the shashumna, the subtle energy um, pathway, up to the top of the head. And then uh, he, uh, if he's successful, he merges, he leaves the body through the top of the head. And then he merges with this ocean of light. It's called the Brahma Jyoti. And that, that experience is like a, uh, an experience where it's so... Um, amazing or so powerful that a person temporarily loses awareness of his own individual existence. So you, lose, you can, in a sense, lose your awareness of your ego, mm. but you still exist as an individual. Mm. You're just not aware of it. You see what I mean? Yeah. So that's the closest you can get to actually losing your ego mm -hmm. but um, bec just because you're not aware of it at the time doesn't mean you, you don't exist mm -hmm. a lot of people when they have I mean this experience is very rare mm -hmm. it's, it's very difficult to attain and very painful and, and it takes a lot of s struggle mm -hmm. to, and you have to be basically you have to have superhuman tolerance and strength and um, determination to be able to achieve it it's not a light thing. You can't do it by simply popping some pills or whatever. It's, it's, it takes years and decades of yoga practice to be able to do it. Most people cannot do it. Um, uh, but, uh, what the hell was I talking about? kind of lost my train of thought. Main Kundalini Yogi is pretty much a scam or something? No, no, no. It's not a scam. No, it's real. Um, but, uh, you know, you could spend decades trying and you still might not be successful. It's that difficult. But, uh, anyway, I totally lost where I was going. I totally forgot where well, I was what going. What was your question? No, her question was like, I, I, was, I had a good point. I was making a good point, yeah. but I totally lost, <laughs> lost my train of thought. It will come back. Take your time. Yeah. yeah. The body? Not the body? The false ego, the false ego, and the... Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, so, so, they, in this experience, they temporarily forget their identity, 
And then, um, but eventually they uh, get pulled back down into the world. They, sometimes they, a lot of people that have this experience, that they, they have, um, they come back with the idea that I am God, or I am you, and you are me, and, and everything is, is one, right? Because they have an experience, their experience is that it's a, an experience of great vastness. Like they experience, like you know how right now you experience yourself, like you, you experience right from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head, you're pervading that space, right? And from out here to out here, you're pervading this space, right? Um, but you're not over there where that, tree, where that wall is and you're not over there on that street, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're contained in the body. Mm -hmm. And so some, some living beings we can see are contained in a very small space like an ant. Mm -hmm. They're only a tiny little space, right? And then you have other beings like giraffes that contain a bigger space or, or like huge banyan trees or something. Mm -hmm. They're in a big space, right? So um, the yogi in this experience, he experienced himself everywhere <laughs> it's so vast right so he it's, it's a real trance like state a person can't exist or function or think he just experiences himself everywhere right experience of great vastness so he becomes merged uh, with this atmosphere with this this Brahma joyity what they're merging into is like the the atmosphere of the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. Just like in this world we have air as the atmosphere, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can imagine one particle of air comes into this world and then he, he becomes one with all the air, mm -hmm. right? And experiences himself everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. He becomes one air, right? So this is the feeling, this is like the experience of this type of realization. But there is no awareness of anyone else. There is no awareness of any other worlds, mm -hmm. the spiritual world, there's no awareness of the material world, there's no awareness of anything except uh, just vastness, mm -hmm. okay? So, um, he then, uh, but, but, other people do exist. Like, say if there's me and you, we're friends, right? Mm -hmm. And then I go and have this experience, right? You don't have the experience, right? I have to come, well, I have to tell you about it, but you're, you're hearing it for the first time, like it's something that you haven't experienced before. And while I was having it, you were out shopping or, you know, playing golf or whatever you were doing, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're having, living your life, going to work, eating breakfast, right? You weren't having the experience. So it's not like, uh, that I am you and you are me. I am still me, mm -hmm. even though I have an experience of like not being contained in a small space and uh, vast. I'm still an individual person, and you're still an individual person, and all the other people are individual people, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone is an individual. So um, even though they have a, an experience that I am you, they they they, they feeling that I am I am I become one with everything. Actually. No, you haven't. <laughs> oh, you haven't. It's just an it's a, it, it's a feeling of vastness, but it's not. It's not. Mm -hmm. The the fact is, um, everybody else were still existing. People are going to work, and people are doing all kinds of things. 
So they, they, they sometimes, not all of them, but I'm talking about a, a, a section of people that follow this Kundalini Yoga process. They come under the illusion that I am everything. I am you and you are me. And they have, there's, because it's not true, they have all kinds of problems trying to apply this philosophy in, in regular life, you know? <laughs> like, so you have a group of them, and they're all thinking that. And, and so one person is thinking, I am the center. And then the other person is like, and, and he's like, and you're part of my lila, or part of my dream, you're part of my dream. And then the other guy's, no, 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 you're part of my dream. <laughs> you see? So they have, these, they have so many problems that come from this misunderstanding of, of what, what they experience, you yeah. see. But actually, um, uh, this, even though this, this experience is like a, a, a really far out experience, and, and um, and uh, it's, it's described as an ocean of happiness compared to a small little puddle of happiness that you can achieve in this world, right? It's so much greater. Mm -hmm. It's like a little puddle compared to an ocean. You can imagine the difference, right? Yeah. Still, that's not the highest happiness. There's a happiness that's above that. And that is the happiness of the devotee of Krishna. So the devotee of Krishna, he lives in... He, he, this um, Brahma Jyoti is simply the atmosphere of which he lives in. Just like air is the atmosphere of this world. But in the, he engages in activity in that world. And that's engaging in a transcendental loving relationship with the most beautiful, most perfect, most wonderful person. You see? So he, he, his happiness... Uh, the, 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 the atmosphere which the yogis try to merge into um, is just the atmosphere that he doesn't even care about mm -hmm. because he's, his happiness is the loving relationship with the cause of that ocean of light where that ocean of light is springing from, Krishna, mm -hmm. you see? So um, that is the highest happiness. Mm -hmm. So... Um, and uh, this is important to know because when a person engages in, in, a, in any activity, uh, they should, they should um, like, in other words, if I'm going to engage in difficult practice, and I'm going to struggle for years and years and years, and it's not even um, the final goal, then... Um, why should I do that, you know? I should put my energy towards something that is the, the best, mm. right? So like, um, just like you have people working for material sense enjoyment all day, every day, working very, very, very hard, going to school for, uh, you know, like 30 years, <laughs> yeah. and then, and then uh, you know, getting a job, and you know, that's, a, going to school for 30 years is the beginning, <laughs> and, then, and then they, they work their asses off at work for like another, till they're dead or whatever, or another 30, 40 years. And, uh, and, and they've spent all their time working for something that is not even a worthwhile goal because it all gets taken away from you, right? It's all, it's all as soon as you die, you lose everything you work for, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, 
it, it would be beneficial for him to, before that whole exercise, he would find out, what do I actually need, what do I need to achieve in life to ex experience the best happiness, right? <laughs> the best pleasure. So if he had that knowledge, then maybe he wouldn't have spent 50 years working his ass off for something that's not even gonna, you know, that's not even the best thing, or not even close to the best thing, right? So even though the, the, um, the realization of the Kundalini Yogis is very great, it's still not everything a person needs to be happy, to be fully satisfied. Mm -hmm. The Kundalini Yogis, they, 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 they get stuck in this like up and down syndrome. They, if they're successful, and, and just so you know, 95% of the um, teachers out there are not successful, or more. Some of them pretend to be, and some of them are. Some of them don't even pretend to be. But of the ones that are successful, they get stuck in what's called the mukti-bukti cycle. Mukti means a desire for liberation, and bukti means a desire for sense enjoyment. So they, they, in, a, they, they in this world, they're feeling the unsatisfying nature of it, uh, the pain, the suffering, and then they want to become liberated from it. Right? Mm -hmm. So... They, they do their yoga practice and then they merge with the Brahmajoyati. So they stay there for some time. But intrinsic in everyone's heart, in everyone's core of their being, is the desire to love and to be loved. Mm -hmm. And to act, actually. Not just to love and to be loved, but people need to engage in activity. They can't just remain doing nothing. They eventually need to act, right? Uh, they need to tell somebody about their experience. Mm. They need to do. They need to have relationship, right? So um, the the Kundalini Yogi, he, he, even though he's experiencing this awesome realization, what brings him back down into the world is the agitation of needing someone to love and needing um, to be active. Mm. So that's why they can't remain there they eventually come back down. And um, they say that, a lot of them say that, especially the I Am God ones, that they'll say that I came here um, out of compassion for the rest of you. But it's well documented and well known that in that experience, there is no awareness of other living beings. So you can't have compassion for that which you're not aware of their existence, <laughs> or if that's what, or and also, their philosophy is that I am you and you are me. We're all one. We're all God. So what? Where's the question of compassion? You're having compassion for yourself, yeah. which is why you're coming down. It, it's a it's a major sore point in their philosophy. But anyway, the real reason why they come down is because of this agitation. So they come back back down into the world, and um, they then engage in relationships and then because they need to love and then they get tired of the relationships and then they engage in the yoga practice and go back up and so this is an ongoing it's called that's why it's called the mukti bukti cycle the desire for sensual for enjoyment uh, material pleasure and then enjoyment for liberation it's up and down syndrome so in order to get out of this up and down syndrome they need to taste a loving relationship with krishna so Krishna, or the only people that are allowed past the Brahma Joyti, so to speak, 
through the Brahma Jyoti into the spiritual world itself are those who are engaged in a loving relationship with Krishna. That world is a world of love. Those whose hearts are filled with enviousness of Krishna or um, self-interest, they're not admitted into that world, you see? So bhakti yoga is the, the yoga of cultivating a loving relationship with Krishna. Um, this loving relationship uh, acts like a boat or an airplane or something that takes you to the world of Krishna, you see? Whereas the Kundalini Yoga, Kundalini Yogi, is um, he has to do everything more or less by his own strength. You see, he has to renounce the world, go live in the forest, um, go through the meditation process. And if he has the strength, he can maybe, if he has the strength, the determination, the tolerance, he can do it. Mm. But um, the process of Bhakti Yoga is different because. It's a process of, ha of, of surrendering to Krishna. Mm. And Krishna is a person. So there's two people now. Mm. You see, you have Krishna who's helping you. So this is, they're saying, there's a saying, if you take one step towards Krishna, he take a thousand steps towards you. So it's really not you doing it. So you can be the weakest weakling in the world mm. and um, take shelter of the all-powerful Supreme Lord. And he will help you. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's based. It's still based on your own desire, but your, but coupled with your knowledge of knowing that my strength is limited, so I need God's help in order to come to know Him. Mm -hmm. See, the Kundalini Yogi does not live in this world of surrender. He is. Um, he wants to do. He wants to achieve what he wants to achieve um, with his own strength, by his own strength. So, um, it's a very lonely world, yeah. you know? Mm. But the world of bhakti is not a lonely world, it's a world of love, you know? And that's what actually everyone needs, even the kundalini yogi needs love. And this is why he has to come back down to the world, mm. you see? He'll tell you, it's because I came down out of compassion. But if you, if you, if you question him deeper, he'll admit that in this realization, there's no question of, um, there's no possibility of compassion. There's no compassion because compassion, there has to be awareness of other living beings. Mm -hmm. And in that, re in that re realization, in that experience, there is no awareness. It's like a, a trance, like, you know, some people are in a trance, they get knocked in the head, and mm -hmm. they don't know anything, right? They're just in a daze. It's kind of like that. It's a trance-like state. It's only once they become, once they start coming down, they get covered by the false ego, then they start to become aware of other living beings, and then they have compassion for them. But they're already in the material world at that point. Mm -hmm. It's not when they're in the real, it's not when they're in that state. Yeah. Okay, was that understandable? Yeah, yeah. cool. I think so. Almost everything. <laughs> All right, well, um, so we'll just chant for a few minutes and then, then we're, that's it. Yeah. We're going down to the Gold Coast tonight. If you want to come, you're welcome to come with us. Tonight? When? Um, after this. Yeah, we're going, yeah, we're going down to, our friends have a, they've been working on a tran mantra and trance music. Yeah. 
and they're having a, there's a gig tonight in in Burley, so mm-hmm. we're heading down for that. Mm-hmm. No pressure, but just saying we're going. So if you want to come, you're welcome to. Mm-hmm. All right, let's chat for ten minutes or so. I mean, that's time. Okay.